Bearcat Blitz, another episode. Unfortunately for Bearcats fans, after a rare and not before seen since 2017, third consecutive loss for the UC football team. Welcome in, everybody. Thank you for sticking with us through this tough stretch for the Bearcats. We'll see if they can start to mend those fences and mend the issues all across the roster after another unlucky loss, 35-27, at the hands of the BYU Cougars. I'm your All-Bearcats reporter, Russ Heltman, and your host of Bearcat Blitz right here on whatever podcast feed you're checking us out on, whether it's Apple, Spotify, Google, Amazon, all that good stuff. You can catch us in the video format on Talking Cats, my YouTube page, Talking Cats with Russ Heltman. And, of course, as always, find me and my co-host, the man across the screen from me right there, Dominic Goodman, former UC wide receiver on Bally Sports on your TVs throughout the tri-state area. I know I had some people texting me photos of, hey, that's you up in this bar I'm at right now. It's you and Dom Goodman up there on Bally Sports. That's why we bring it to the people. Get this in front of as many eyeballs as possible. And, Dom, I know the Bearcats football team probably wanted less eyeballs to be watching that late-night affair in Provo, Utah, up until about 1.30, almost 2 in the morning, for a game that ultimately ends in a UC loss, their third consecutive defeat, Dominic. First time since 2017, the last time this team had a first-year head coach that they have lost three in a row. Oh, man, it's tough, you know. Um, you know, it was a game we talked about last time. I mean, it's a game, it was, uh, it's, it's a winnable game and a must-win game. It was just kind of weird. When you look at the stats, you would think that UC would take this game, but um, it was just a game with BYU just capitalize on explosive plays, um, just and just making plays, you know, just capitalizing on it. And then UC was kind of like – we make it, and then we get back down to the red zone, and same same story. You know, it's just the same story and different day. Crazy, crazy, crazy that you see, Dominic. We are five weeks into the season, and they have two of the five most unlucky losses in the country this year. Remember that old net success rate ranking that I brought up a couple weeks ago with the Miami loss? They mm-hmm. once again, out of all 133 teams in the football bowl subdivision, they had the best net success rate to not end up in a victory. And it just, at this point, I, I, I just, I just don't know what else there is to say besides the fact that the talent that is currently on this team has to make the plays that are there. Dom, you and I know we've watched these games, we've seen the stats, we've seen the situation that the staff has put the players in. They're in there in a spot to make plays, and most oftentimes they're not making them. And on top of that, Dom, we'll get into the luck issue and all that stuff um, here in the back half of the break. I'll save the, the rankings and all that stuff for that deeper conversation there as we continue on Bearcat Blitz here. But they're one of the most unlucky teams in the entire country, as highlighted by that 59-yard touchdown to Chase Roberts from Keaton Slobus, who, Dom, he literally, the quarterback admitted after the game, yeah, that was completely lucky. I was trying to hit the receiver Hill on another route that was crossing the same area of the field that Chase Roberts' route was. I overthrew Hill, and it just happened to hit Roberts in the hands, who then goes streaking across the middle of the field down to the right end zone, right side of the pylon, to score that touchdown, which ultimately separated this game. Ultimately separated the game. You see, obviously, would have gone for two at one of those positions had they um, only been down a touchdown at most points in the game and not by two touchdowns, which just absurd. 
absurd. BYU goes up 14-10 at the end of the first half because of a 49-second touchdown drive, Dom, that involved 82 yards, three plays. They went three plays and 82 yards. Three completed passes, all over 20-plus yards. This is a BYU team that you and I highlighted. Everybody and their mother knew that they are living and dying off of explosive plays this season. What do they do on Saturday? They had those three explosives in that drive to spark the lead. They never gave it back. And on the day, in terms of big plays, they had six explosive passes of 15-plus yards, 182 of their 223 passing yards on those six plays, Dom. It's just it's got to be so frustrating for that defense and on the flip side so frustrating for an offense that puts up 498 total yards 240 plus each rushing and passing and you put up what 27 total points and really really Tom it was really 20 points let's be honest here that last touchdown they were down 14 points with less than four minutes to play that is defined as what the people call garbage time I'm not counting that touchdown very much even though Tip of the cap to Brandon Smith for making the score a little bit more respectful. Yeah, shout out, shout out to Brandon Smith. Um, but it, I mean, it's one of those games as a coach is frustrating because you look at the stat line, you like, hey, we we should be winning this game, but it's a game of making plays, and BYU made the explosive plays, and and then you first of all, you can't let a team score a touchdown with the offense they've been going on in forty nine seconds. 49 seconds, you let this team's offense is not that well, not that good, get a touchdown in 49 seconds. That's, you just can't have that, before, especially going before half. That's a momentum thing. You're playing at home, so, you know, BYU, BYU all wound up and, and ready to go because this is a game for them to to build momentum going into the conference because they're trying to go to a bowl game as well. Um, but it's just watching this game, which is frustrating. Um, every time I look back at the screen, I'm like, what the heck happened? I'm going back like, what the heck? But you get it's just one of those games. I don't know what it is. I don't know what's got to be done. But it's just they didn't play sound on defense when they sh- needed to, even though luck came into play. But still, you still got to make make those plays. You still got to um, still got to make plays. That's all you got to right. do. Or just – not give up six explosives, not give up as many plays. Like I think the biggest reason for this loss, and we can move to that point here on the rundown as we, as we kind of move through the opening half of this Bearcat Blitz. I'm your host, Russ Heltman, right here on the Bearcat Blitz feed. And of course, we are brought to you by Bet Online. Football is back, and Bet Online is your number one information source for all your sports wagering info with all the up to minute stats, news, scores, and matchup breakdowns. Get the latest game odds, spreads, and totals from the NFL and college football at your fingertips with Bet Online's real time updates on statistics, news, and odds from week one all the way to the college football playoff and Super Bowl. Bet Online gives you access to the best football promotions and contests available anywhere online. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to get in on the action. Remember to use our promo code BELIEVE to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Once again, that's BELIEVE, B L E A V. Bet online where the game starts. Big thank you to Bet Online for being our presenting sponsor. Give them another shout out at the end of the episode. The defense to me, Dom, I would ultimately put it at, at the feet of the defense. 
in the end, you can't give up six explosive plays. You got to cover better. Your number one cornerback in Jordan Young is grading out below a 60 overall on PFF right now. It's just not good enough. The dominant cornerback room, the dominant secondary that defined the Luke Fickle era is gone. It's evaporated. It's nowhere to be found right now. And a guy in Jordan Young who last year at Florida was very solid, was not very solid, but competent enough to where you think moving from the SEC to the Big 12, and so far in a Big 12 slate that has featured just two Big 12 games out of five total contests, as we move further in this league, it it seems like I'm going to be false. It's looking like I'm going to be false in my assumption that Jordan Young could be able to take the reins from Arquan Bush as the number one corner last year and be solid and just not a target you can pick on game to game, week to week. I believe he gave up uh, right around 141 yards on three catches for in a touchdown. It's just, Don, the back end play is not good enough right now. And that to me is the top reason they lost this game. When you give up that many explosives, sure. It, it, you, there's another reason on the other side with the offense not converting the opportunities that they needed to convert and not getting in the end zone enough. But Taj Ward wasn't very good. The tackling was poor in this one, to say the least. And all in all, the back end of this defense has once again let down the front end of this defense, which PFF's top-graded players, six of the seven were in the front seven of this game, including Dante Corleone at the number one spot and Justin Watley. That front seven is playing well, but sometimes these quarterbacks just seem to get the ball out quick enough to get those explosive plays, get those passes downfield, and oftentimes they're throwing to men running free. Yeah, I mean, that is (sighs) – in football, you know, anything in sports, you're always going to have that one game. You can't be perfect every game. And from how they played against Oklahoma, you would think that would transition to a team that wasn't good on good good on offense. I thought this was a game where um, the DBs can get after as far as getting picks, um, getting turnovers, and causing that pressure and putting that pressure on that quarterback. Um, but it, it was one of those games they just had a – Bad game off day. I might be defending because of my Bearcats, but you have those type of games. But this was a game where you couldn't let it happen. It was a must-win game, and and it's a struggle. Uh, it's a struggle on both sides right now. Um, but the biggest thing I just looked at is turnovers. Two turnovers. UC had two of them. BYU had none. So that that's another thing. That's a possession taken, and BYU is, am I right? They capitalized on them turnovers. So but They did. I think they scored. They scored a field goal and a touchdown on those turnovers. They, I know they scored on both both turnover possessions. And that is that your biggest? Is that going to be your biggest kind of reason for this loss, Dom? The, the turn, turnovers were massive, and obviously the one turnover, a backbreaker. It's so hard to come back from in a nip tuck battle in a game where you're a one and a half point favorite one part of the week and a one and a half point favorite once the uh, one and a half point underdog once the game actually kicks off to throw a pick six in a game like that. It just really cannot happen. Now, on the broadcast, I don't know if you caught this, Dom, but they were saying on the broadcast how the corner of the linebacker in that play broke his keys and coverage to be able to read Emery's eyes and go after that ball. Now, maybe that's something that you don't really it, – it's just, a, a, just once again, players making plays, a player making a play right there, going out of structure to be able to trust his instincts and go get that football. It could have, it's just another instance of that happening in this game, and and it was it was – a possible 14 10 point swing right there when you think about how well uc was moving the ball at that point in the game uh not in that point in the game but how well they moved the ball throughout the afternoon and the evening and what they ultimately got which was 27 points off of 498 total yards 
35 minutes of possession. 35 minutes of possession, and you only put up 27 points. It's really tough bill to swallow. And as we get to the break here, we'll leave you at this. Cincinnati, as we get into the luck conversation here, Dom, they are, as I mentioned, the net success rates, the two games, the unluckiest losses, two of the unluckiest losses of the country this season. UC is two and three, and they have a 23rd best success rate overall in the country. They are the 23rd best down-to-down team in terms of successful, positive EPA plays in the country, and they got three losses and two wins to show for it. Sometimes the analytics, sometimes the underlying stats don't really matter when a guy in the middle of the field can break his keys and go pick off your pass and take it to the end zone. They don't have a lot of analytics for those kind of decisions, and UC needs to start to find some instincts in their play, and that's why I'm mostly pointing towards the players and less so the staff here because it's clear from the statistics that the Brian Brown defense can work when the cornerbacks can play well, i.e. last week Jordan Young plays well as the top corner, and the Oklahoma offense gets shut down. Jordan Young plays terrible as the top corner this week, gives up, as I mentioned, I'll correct myself a little bit here, was not 141 yards, three catches on seven targets for 116 yards and one touchdown. So you're not only giving up 100-plus yards, you're getting targeted seven times in the game, which Sauce Gardner, he might have gotten targeted seven times all season in the college football playoff run. So it just goes to show these offenses are starting to key in on some guys that they know they can take advantage of and it's just something we're going to have to keep taking a look at as we move along this bye week. No game for the Bearcats this week. They got Iowa State coming up on October 14th, a game that definitively we'll touch on it more and talk about it more during that week. Feels like it has to be a win if Cincinnati wants to keep that bowl streak alive in 2023. Taking a quick time out here on Bearcat Blitz coming up after the break. Luck rankings. I teased them a little bit this this uh this segment, where did you see sitting those and how is it affecting their season so far? I'm going to ask Dom, are you more worried about the talent or the coaching entering this bye week? I kind of gave my answer right there. And what record does this team have to face, unfortunately, before they start thinking about developing talent at the most important positions on this roster versus trying to win as many games this season as possible in Scott Satterfield's first year? All that coming up on Bearcat Blitz. Quick timeout, and then we'll be right back after this. Bearcat Blitz, humming along wherever you're finding us, whether it's Talking Cats with Russ Eltman, YouTube channel, podcast feed, subscribe, rate, and review if you're listening to us on there, Apple, Spotify, Google, all that stuff, and, of course, Valley Sports Ohio. We are on your TVs there each and every week. And I should, I should be on the on the screens this week for the bye week, I would imagine, even though the Bearcats are off, recuperating, hopefully getting that secondary a little healthier. Sammy Anderson Jr. services have never been more needed than they are right now, although that young man going through a little bit of a scary injury right there. So obviously want to get him number one priority is health and continued health throughout his life before we get him back on the field. But, Dom, the, the Bearcats have not – been very lucky this season to say the least i've told you about how unfortunate they've been to lose the miami game and this byu game this past weekend it slotted them all the way dom out of 133 teams people can check out this ranking on teamrankings.com it's a cool little metric that kind of goes through how many plus moments there have been luck wise on the season versus negative moments and for uc they currently rank 120th nationally out of 133 teams and total luck on the season. And when you look at their opponents that they faced, 
Miami, top 20 in luck. BYU, top 20 in luck as well. I think they're right one spot behind Miami. Uh, Cougars team that's four and one on the season now. A Miami team, I think that might be three and two overall or two and three overall, something like that. But all in all, Dom, it's just the, the ball is not only not bouncing the Bearcats way, but they're also not, as you mentioned, creating enough plays, creating enough instinctual moments to be able to flip that luck their way. And they're left with a really strong offense and a really strong team on paper, top 25 nationally in net success rate, but albeit a top or a bottom 30, bottom 40 team in overall record because they cannot get those two things to match up and go in sync consistently each week. Yeah, you know, um, it's just it's a struggle um, for us. We we want luck to play a lot of part in it, but you, I get into it with with people want to talk about this coaching, it's coaching. Coaching is only there to manage the game and make sure everybody's doing what they're supposed to do and make sure they're making good play calls. And I feel like there's been good play calls. It's by execution. Um, these guys have got to execute. You can't a coach can't go out there and. T- and, and cause a pick is something that comes with film. It comes with preparation. So it's some type of things that I'm not saying they're not preparing like they need to. I'm just, I'm just thinking it's more of, it's tough. It's, it's, it's tough to say, but I'm going to just say it. It's, it's the talent right now as far as in that secondary. Um, we, we don't have, you don't have your sauce gone. You have none of that. And I think when you get, when you get transfers in, it makes it kind of hard to, to jail because in the secondary, it's important. Everybody's on the same page because you got to communicate, be on the same coverage, be on the same – everything got to be on in sync. And if it ain't in sync, that's when things go to disasters we, we've seen in this BYU game. Um, but luck-wise, I mean, I feel like they've been lucky. They got they got their luck in the Oklahoma game because Oklahoma's a team that puts up points. And – Defense did a good job um, limiting them, and offense had a chance to put points up and just didn't. It's just to me, it's just all about execution, and that's not what's being done right now. And it's tough to say because you know I'm a Bearcat for life, but that's what it is right now. Just execution, just gotta execute when you have them opportunities. So is the ta- so so Dom, the talent to you is sticking out more than the coaching right now. I think are you and I both in agreement there? Where it's just like like they're moving people in the run game. They're moving people on offense. They're doing it outside of the Oklahoma game. They've done a pretty decent job in pass protection. I wouldn't say it's been great. It hasn't been as good as the run blocking's been, but it's been pretty solid at that. It's just it, it is a guy we haven't talked about at all really today and a guy that has posted his two worst games as a Bearcat in the past two weeks is Emory Jones. He lit up the, the stat sheet, 23 of 37, 256, three touchdowns but had the pick six, which completely flips the entire game. 14 carries, 94 yards, 6.7 yards per attempt. It all looks well and good, but there's these little moments that the stats don't show. The pass to Corey Kiner, which was a little hot, a pass that Kiner probably needs to make. Pretty sure that was a fourth down attempt as well, or it was a late down for sure, and it ended up forcing them to either kick a field goal or having to go away from that drive with no points. I know for a fact the Peyton Singletary drop was a fourth down pass as well. That was kind of on Singletary and also kind of on Jones. Jones is just the, the passing grades kind of bear this out where he's just a tick below average, just a tick below these little moments, these little plays that if you see had the act more accurate arm, if you see had a guy who was putting those 
two to three plays a game on the mark, this whole luck factor, they would be able to overcome and they would be able to flip because of the production overall from the offense. But Emory Jones, sixth year in the in the college football ranks, has just never shown to be that kind of passer. He's always shown to be a strong runner, and he's been very good in this UC system as a runner. But, Dom, you and I both know in this sport of college football, even if you control the clock for 35 minutes a game, even if you run for 240-plus yards, even if you throw for three touchdowns, there are key moments that the quarterback has to make massive plays and has to consistently put the ball on the money, and the ball has not been put on the money enough in 2022. And my next thing is, where, where, where do we – where do we come in and say he's not the guy? You know, how many, how far we go down? How many games do we go down to see if he's not the guy? Because uh, he's a good player, don't get it wrong. But at the same time, what I'm watching is he is like he is he already predetermined where he's going to put the ball. Uh, his accuracy is not where it need to be. Uh, he got a good deep ball, but it's still it's as a quarterback now in these days. Everybody can run as a quarterback, but the thing on defense, you got DNs, linebackers running four fives, four fours. So it, it, it balances itself out. So quarterbacks now have to be able to, to break down a defense, to be able to make those throws, especially the easy throws you got to make. And it's, and he's just, just not making them. And, and I just think how, how, how far to the season, when do we decide we got to develop someone else or, what do we do, you know? Um, but it's tough. I mean, numbers look good, but at the same time, we're looking at the game, and the game is crucial. You know, you got to make those plays in those certain certain situations. No doubt. No doubt about it. And when you look at look at Emory Jones, it's just it's kind of always been the same kind of story for him, but unfortunately in his career where he's been in these situations, he's had these opportunities – where he could he could really elevate a program, especially a Power Five program, Florida, Arizona State, UC. You can take them to a new height, a new level, and it just hasn't quite ever worked out for Emory Jones, unfortunately, in his career. And now he's facing more adversity as the team is two and three. And unfortunately, we are coming to the end of our Bearcat Blitz episode today. One more thing here for Dom. And we'll go ahead and say goodbye. I do want to ask Dom, preview for Thursday's show, goals during the bye week. I really want to hear what Dom has to say about the goals during the bye week, what he and the and his staff and his teammates tried to accomplish back when he was playing in the late 2000s. But the record as we exit here, Dom, where the team starts to kind of reevaluate things and maybe going towards a youth route, it feels like to me if you lose to Iowa State and Baylor, if you drop both those games, you go on a five-game losing streak. It's it's basically it's basically curtains on the season. You're not you're not winning six games at that point. I don't see really any path to that at all. And I feel like it's time at that point to start getting some of the younger guys mixed in more. Not that you completely bench all the older guys, but maybe more of a rotation on the offensive line. Maybe a little bit more. And we're starting to see this heavily because Peyton Singletary has not played very well at all this season. Shaman Mater getting more work in there. Getting Barry Jackson, a guy who lit up the only real experience he got to get access to in the uh, in the beginning of the season, maybe getting him a few more snaps, but making sure that you can uh, maybe keep that redshirt on him, or maybe you don't even want to redshirt him in today's college football, where he could end up wanting to transfer after having to sit a year. That's the kinds of things that these got these coaches are going to have to start thinking about, Dom, because it's not 2021 anymore. It's not 20. 20- 
2015 anymore. It's not 2001 anymore. These young players, especially if they continue to see guys older than them, above them, not leading to winning results, not leading to execution, not leading to solid production, they're going to start thinking, I can go somewhere else and get playing time if I don't get an get an opportunity here. That is not something coaching staffs had to think about in years past, and it's something that, unfortunately, teams going through rough years are going to have to start thinking about for the rest of this season and the seasons beyond in the back half of things because we all know roster turnover is just going to get more and more heavy each year in college football. Yeah, um, I know when when we hit the bye season, uh, you never like to take a loss on the bye season because that's a whole two weeks of hearing it from the coaches and grueling hard workouts and all that. But the main thing is to get healthy. Um, that's the biggest thing, just to get healthy. Another thing is catching up on film, um, looking at the other the opponent you're going to play against. And also, too, just coming together as a group, you know, in a situation like this. I know back when I was a freshman, uh, at, at freshman, we we lost we lost the, we lost another game. Uh, we were just like, we got figured out. Just got to figure it out. It comes down to it, just figuring out, coming together, and trying to gel together, and coming working hard at practice, putting more work in, and just put it all out there because like you said these next two games are real big games and, and it's going to come to a uh, situation where the coach is going to have to come with a decision like are we going to start developing these young guys getting them ready or are we going to just just keep on fighting um but i just know from a coach d'antonio era he's a guy like if it ain't working we're going to put these young guys in and and let the chips far away it may be so um, it's going to be tough a whole bye week. It's going to be long, gruesome, but they just got to come together and just got to figure it out as a whole. Can you start to finish these drives on offense and figure out a way to consistently stop the big plays in the passing game? There hasn't been many answers so far, and they got a chance to find some answers over the next few weeks. Iowa State. They are favored by ESPN Football Power Index. Significantly, significant favorites. 69% favorites in this game. I imagine they'll be a five to seven point favorite over the Iowa State Cyclones when they come to Nippert Stadium. And then you get Baylor, who has returned their quarterback, Blake Shapin, to the roster, to the starting ranks. So that's going to be a little bit tougher bit of a game. But once again, a 70.7% favorite. These are two games at Nippert Stadium that you are projected to be winners of, that you should win, that given your talent level, you should take the W back home to your beds right there in Clifton. But we've seen things break the wrong way for Cincinnati far too many times to assume those two, those things are going to happen over the next three or four weeks. Just got to roll it out and see if the crowd at Nipper can power them to uh, to a victory and if they can power themselves this point in the season, two and three, entering the bye week, as Dom just mentioned, you got to find it within yourselves. And I think Dom and I are in agreement. These players got to find it within themselves to take a sound scheme on both sides of the ball and start to take the production 20 to 20 and get production in the end zone 20 to the goal line. We'll see if it all happens right here on Bearcat Blitz. I'm your host, Russ Seltman. He's Dom Goodman. Catch us on whatever podcast platform you find. Also on YouTube, Talking Cats with Russ Seltman and Valley Sports Ohio as well. It was a lot of fun this week chatting with everybody. Once again, we are presented by Bet Online. 
Catch Bearcat Blitz all across the Believe Network. Have a good bye week, everybody. Six, Ritter to the end zone, looking for Pierce. Did he hang on? Yes. Touchdown. Here he goes again. Bust three. Jerome Ford down the sideline. Foot race. Pass call. Touchdown. 79 yards. Pete Bull, this is a big one, too. And it's going to go all the way to the house on the first play. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done.